0: Welcome to episode number 327 of Destination Linux. Destination Linux is a video podcast from the Tux Digital Network. If you're new to the show, Destination Linux is a podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of Sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Ryan. I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Jill.
0: And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the Raspberry Pi supply chain shortage and why this is hurting open source, and what's gonna be done about it. Then we're gonna discuss Firefox 114 and its new features, which I've heard Michael is blown away by this release. He's never <laughs> seen anything like it. So Plus, blown away. we have our tips, tricks, and software picks, all of this and so much more coming up right now on Destination Linux. This week in our community feedback, we receive feedback from Green Knight. And if you want to send in your own feedback, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash contact and send us an email or join our forum at tuxdigital.com slash forum. You can also find us on Discord. You can hang out with the community, game with the community. We have a movie section, TV section, fit and fitness section, all of that on tuxdigital.com slash Discord. So Green Knight writes us to say, do you think the Green Knight is in reference to the Renaissance a dinner theater where you root for either the Green Knight, the Blue Knight, or the. Oh,
2: yeah. You're talking point. about like the uh, Medieval Times stuff? Yeah, Medieval the Times. The That's green. it. Yeah. It could be that. I was kind of
0: hoping it was a merge between the Dark Knight and Green Lantern for some reason. Oh, yeah. Because they do that in some of the comic book things there. Well, Green Knight, you have to write us back and let us know where the Green Knight comes from. Yeah. They say, I don't normally take the time to do this type of thing because they're busy fighting crime, of course. But this latest <laughs> episode <laughs> was like- great. I thought it would be interesting to tell you that in the military, we would ask the new guy gal to get us an ID 10 T form. It was funny at first, but when the new guy gal would go ask the higher up, it was hilarious. Even better when someone would yell at the new guy gal, you don't know what an ID 10 T form is recruit. Really? Get out of my face. After that happened, the person <laughs> would always stop and let them in on the joke. Sad to say, I fell for this for a minute. That is hilarious. So yeah. I we, didn't we know this would was fall a thing. For this kind of thing. We would never fall for this kind of thing, except for <laughs> last week when we did. Last
2: week when Jill did it to yeah. us. Yeah. Yes. See, we showed everybody. We made a joke about how Jill is savage, but now, now you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, O M G! Thank you, Green Knight, for sharing. You know, I actually vaguely remember being told this by someone years ago from the military. So, and of course, oh. that is the origin of the one D ten T joke—the military and all of its snafus. LOL. What
0: does this? What's the snafu's reference? I don't think she can oh. say that on the thing. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you can't say that. Okay, no. so that's another Jill. I thought you were always family friendly, and now <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of things. Calling people an idiot. So a lot,
2: there's a there's a lot ion? of those though <laughs> like ion. there's snafu and bar and all this stuff
1: yes <laughs> so for those who want to know
2: what those look, uh they're you know google's a thing yeah but no uh, no yeah.
0: not google duck duck go it duck, duck, go oh yeah duck,
2: it. duck duck go it yeah for sure yeah. You but you can <laughs> thank say you, Green Knight, s- for sending this information because like <laughs> this is it's, it's really nice to know that we're not the only people who fall for this sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, new recruits. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. We're just I, new to it.
1: I can say situation normal, all messed up.
0: That's then, another acronym. I feel like that's what yeah. snafu is. Yeah, that's what oh,
1: snafu okay. is without the
0: oh bad words yeah. in it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Boy, I <laughs> but, would do terrible in the military. They would get me like every five <laughs> seconds. I would be being yelled at by one of the higher-ups because i would never <laughs> i'd be like yeah i'm supposed to uh, come to you with a snafu form like uh did i fill this out yeah. Yeah. again ryan really you're this dumb every <laughs> time it
2: was, it was actually kind of funny because after this happened i we started getting some feedback and we got quite a few things in like youtube comments and in, we got a few emails sent to us about it there's a lot of people who have never heard of this thing the 1d10t Have never heard of this and then I found out that consistency is people who were in tech, you know, many years ago, or if they're in tech support, a lot of people would have heard it. Yeah. And I talked to many people who were technologists, people who were like tech enthusiasts, had never heard this before. Okay. So yeah, you had to work. It was, in I thought it was pretty interesting <laughs> to find out like what kind of tech person would know this term, and tech support people always knew it, yeah. and the people who were uh, just in tech enthusiasts typically I'd never heard of it. So uh, I feel like we've been like vindicated, (laughs) So
0: Is that what we're gonna hold on to at this point?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna pretend that that's accurate. I'll say what
0: did vindicate us was the amazing (laughs) graphics you did on that video. So if you haven't seen the video version of last week, Michael sits there and he says randomly, like maybe I'll do the animation like this, maybe I'll do it like that to show people what 1D10T looks like and uh you did everything you said like in real time it was pretty awesome
2: exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: for those who are curious if if there is an explosion in dl last week yes there, yes, yes there, there is. was yeah. <laughs> yeah why don't we get those like headlines you know in the news like explosion <laughs> happens on dl you know the clickbaity ones nobody does that for us we
2: should have done we should do that in the next yeah. the next title of our own episode just make it like ridiculous. there you go yeah. Yeah. yeah you know it's not ridiculous Getting an awesome service at Linode because this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com tux. That's linode.com T-U-X and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. From their award-winning support, offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user, which is very important because some companies, like you got to pay extra to get to the, the full-time support. You can get it all at Linode and you get also the ease and use of setup. It's just, it's so easy to use it. And that's why, Developers and businesses have been trusting Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. Linode offers the industry's best price-to-performance value for all compute instances, as well, including shared, dedicated, high-memory, and GPUs. Linode makes cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible, allowing you to focus on your customers and not your infrastructure. So visit linode.com/tux. That's linode.com/tux, and create your account. And when you do. You use that URL, you're going to get a $100 60-day free credit on your account just by being a member of the Destination Linux community. And maybe you want to try something new and mess around with some d- new projects you've heard, and you can you can do that all that by piece by piece if you want to. Or you can go to their app marketplace and quickly and easily set up all sorts of stuff, including servers for Minecraft and Valheim. Or if you want to build a website, you can set up Plesk and WordPress and so much more. So visit lino.com slash tux
0: to get started. That's lino.com slash tux. So speaking of Minecraft servers, yesterday I was at an event where they kind of take all of the homeschooling options and a little festival Mm -hmm. and they bring it all into this community center. And people are kind of showing off all of the different tech and things that you can work in and, and different curriculums that you can work in with kids or homeschooling. Because like many parents, I've been very disappointed with the level of schooling in the public schools and things that have been going on. And what was interesting there is there were two things I saw that immediately were familiar and had lots of crowds around them. The first one was a Raspberry Pi booth. Okay. Now, it wasn't just Raspberry Pi, but the Raspberry Pis were on display and they had Legos and they were showing demonstrations of robotics and things that they were creating and had a curriculum around that, which was super popular with the kids nice. that the parents were bringing around. And they also had a Minecraft situation set up because minecraft is very educational as well you know people are creating circuits and other things in there very very cool stuff the problem is that when we were kind of going through the, the curriculum for the robotics creation and stuff there are is no access to raspberry pies right now because they say been...
2: that they had a booth of raspberry pies and like wow they actually had raspberry pies. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> they
0: had them but that's kind of the question I asked right is what do we do cuz we can't get a hold of any raspberry pies and I was mostly asking because I have some sure but there are a lot of people who haven't got one don't have them yet and they've been out of stock forever and so they kind of were holding on to well hopefully the stock returns and things get better and people can get them but so this raspberry pi shortage the supply chain issue that's been going on for is it going on three years am i exaggerating that or is it at least two right it's two for sure two but i think sure. it's been it's maybe two and a half something two like that but it's half. definitely two yeah yeah and, and it's really hurting things like the educational industry people who are wanting to do homeschooling stem education schools can't get a hold of them engineers uh, of course, the EOT devices <laughs> or 1D10 devices. Of course, the EOT out devices. There. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people can't use them for their media centers, retro gaming, all of these things have been hit hard because of the fact that the Raspberry Pis aren't available. And I know, Michael, me and you ordered the two new yellow kits for Home Assistant, right. for instance. And you need a Raspberry Pi for that. Since that time, I've been doing RPI locator every single week, sometimes four or five times a week, just checking at different times and everything else, no Raspberry Pi is available that we need. Because specifically for home assistant, you want a four and you want with at least four or eight gigabytes of RAM. Now you can get Raspberry Pi zeros and other things like that. But for what we're wanting to do, you need something a little more powerful uh, to put into that yellow kit, which we talked about in a prior episode, why that's so cool. But we're gonna get our yellow kit, which was still in development probably before we ever get our hands on a raspberry pis at yep. this point to run them or we have to repurpose them or steal them from Jill's house which <laughs> i'm not sure how good Jill's security is but we will let you know cuz Jill has <laughs> like 140 of them dang it Jill don't was, show them off in front of us
1: <laughs> that was the last one i bought in fact when i uh, first started uh, destination linux back back in 2020 i picked this up <laughs>
0: yeah no that's very cool the keyboards are in stock sometimes as well yeah and it seems like the UK and Europe uh, obviously have a much easier time because I do see them become available there far more often than I see them come available in the US and then there's the scalper problem oh yeah so there's lots of them out there on eBay and things you know for $170 $185 (laughs) and stuff yeah and so there's all these scalpels, scalpers out there who are utilizing the same sites that I'm using, but they're going in and grabbing up all the stock and then charging a bajillion dollars for them because, well, people are hateful, and that's what they do to mm-hmm. mess up this whole hobbyist educational institution enthusiast market by doing stuff like that. And I couldn't help but think, and this is kind of what I want to bring to both of you, how much this is damaging Linux and open source because we kind of talked about, oh, it sucks, I can't get a hold of my Raspberry Pi 4. But think about the time before the supply chain issue hit. We were yeah. seeing Raspberry Pis in Best Buy. They had a whole rack of them. We saw them in targets, mm-hmm. in micro centers. Basically, this device that was introducing the world to open source in Linux was starting to be everywhere. And if you've gone to Target, or Best Buy or Micro Center recently guess what they don't have any display booths for anymore cuz yeah. they don't have them
1: yeah
2: i mean it's it's definitely a, a shame because there's so much that you can do with the Raspberry Pi and there's so many projects and stuff that you can use to learn and there and the whole purpose of the Raspberry Pi was created for the educational value yeah. and the fact that it was becoming so important to the open source ecosystem and the Introduction of people to Linux and open source because it's easy to convince someone to pay $35 or $50 or something like that to get an entire computer that they can just connect to their TV or whatever and be able to build whatever they wanted with their computer and kind of try new things. And it's so much easier to convince people to try that sort of stuff than it is to, like, hey, get another laptop or take an older laptop and do all sorts of that sort of thing. It's affected open source more so than we really gave it credit for because of how impactful the Raspberry Pi is in itself.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and one of the things that's been happening is with the chip shortage and Raspberry Pi shortage, it's just been, you know, of course, very catastrophic, honestly, for the Raspberry Pi company. And other manufacturers have stepped up and made alternative boards that have been able to get, you know, those companies have been able to get product out. And they're much more powerful than the Raspberry Pis are now. Cause it's been a few years. <laughs> it, it's
0: true, but yeah, the, the true. problem is, cause we're gonna talk about, Michael's gonna talk about some alternatives later in the show that people yeah. can check out. The yeah. problem is there's not a one-to-one compatibility across Correct. the board. And Raspberry Pi has done the best job in creating a software ecosystem in which, yes. let's say you go and do the Lego project or that educational booth that I went to where they're using it for robotics. They're utilizing a Raspberry Pi. Their software was written for Raspberry Pi. And while I could get one of these other devices in Raspbian specifically, so if I can get one of these other devices, I don't know that I'm going to have that same ease and compatibility or if I'm brand new to that software, I've never touched a Raspberry Pi. I'm just going through the setup for the first time. And I've got this other board that I'm looking at that doesn't work the same way as a Raspberry Pi or the IOT ports and things I did not say it. Did I just say IoT ports? The ports are are not the same on the side. You know, those things are going to throw everything off to the point where it's cool. I like that we have alternatives, but it starts to make me question, like, why are the alternatives able to get product out and Raspberry Pi can't? You know, is it just a situation that the scalpers are just buying up? all of the inventory and messing it up for Raspberry Pi and they are producing just as much as anybody else but there are other boards out there getting made and produced and things so i get it's a supply point. chain issue but it doesn't end yeah it
2: is it's an interesting point but i think it's because the Raspberry Pi has a different processor than the other ones do or they have different like components that make it easier for them to get it because the specific thing that the pi is wanting to use it has to use whatever it was designed to use for. So they can't swap out pieces here and there because it's a you know embedded computer. So it's all on one thing. So if they were to swap out things, they would like maybe break compatibility. So they're kind of limited in what they can do. And maybe people are buying up those components in addition to buying the actual completed product and then trying to sell it on the scalping stuff. Yeah. So maybe that's like they're trying to battle with because the specs of the Raspberry Pi are also open, we know what is in like, every part of it. So maybe there are even companies who are competing with the Raspberry Pi that are buying pieces that the Raspberry Pi needs, making it harder for them to build. I think there are many facets and many elements elements of that happening. I don't know if that's happening, but I mean, there's different ways that this could be affecting them. Yeah. And I think that these other devices are more interesting because of they're more powerful. But your point about the compatibility is definitely a Absolutely. factor of why people still want to get a Pi.
0: Absolutely.
2: And the, for a lot of people who don't know, the reason why compatibility is not because the Raspberry Pi has this, you know, walled garden ecosystem like Apple does or anything like that. It's just because of the ARM processors, process, that the way they are built, they're not really compatible with other ARM processors. So the way that x86 is, you can have one x86 product like that CPU could be compatible with pretty much anything that's based on X86 in general, but that's not how arm works. So if you build something specifically for a chip, you need that chip to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to do some translation layer and the the ports I was thinking of the GPIO ports, those specifically the pins where you're connecting hats and different lights and other things that being the same across different boards is super important and all the attachments and accessories and everything that's been created for Raspberry Pi versus these alternate boards, you'd have to do a lot of research to be like, well, is all the stuff I wanna use today and in the future gonna fit that form factor of that alternative board of Raspberry Pi versus now? And so that's what creates some of the problem.
1: Yeah, and, and like you guys were saying, the Raspberry Pi ecosystem and the community is fantastic. And it's set up perfectly for schools and tinkerers and a lot of that has to do with the Raspberry Pi Foundation. We, we yes. can't forget about that because that that was how it it got spread around the world, and with the awesome tutorials and um, you know, yeah, mods it's just been amazing. And, and yeah, it's it's really been amazing. And I I, di- I have heard that the Raspberry Pi, one of the, the chipsets that it needs, is made by Sony. And Sony was having an issue getting some of those out. So that's been part of the...
0: Well, come on, Sony. Quit making <laughs>
2: cartoons and make those chips for us. <laughs> so- okay, no. Continue <laughs> making the cartoons because they're awesome. Like, specifically Spider-Verse. And then also the chips, make too. chips. Yeah, do know, yeah do both do both darn it sony because we like yeah. your
0: cameras we talk about your cameras all the time hardware acts. you owe us basically yeah, yeah. You,
2: we also <laughs> like your movies yeah. and stuff well most of some you're okay specifically spider-verse it's good yeah, yeah just to talk about spider-verse maybe not but all hey, of movies, but yeah. this
0: podcast is not here to deliver bad news to anybody i mean we just Correct. did but we're gonna make you happy here yes. in a second i think so the Raspberry Pi Foundation has been working to try to address a supply chain issue. So there's a couple things before we get into this that I've seen. Number one, certain stores that sell, cause not every store, online stores have Raspberry Pis they're selling. If you go to the Raspberry Pi site, it'll tell you which stores uh, sell in your particular country and things like that. Um, but those stores are now requiring people to sign up and do things like create a full profile and set up two factor authentication and other things just to be able to buy one to, to keep all the bots and all of that stuff away. So I appreciate there are stores out there that are doing that, right? To try to keep, because obviously for them, they're just selling a bunch of product. Why should they care? But right. again, this is a very important product. This isn't just some, I don't know, gaming GPU, right? This is yeah. something that yeah. helps people and all walk, kind of like how open source builds bridges in the digital divide, no matter your income level, the Raspberry Pi, is a full computer as well to some people. That's all they can afford and have access to. So it's it's more important than any of these other devices, I think, in so many ways. Yeah,
1: and not to mention with just industry in the in robotics world, in manufacturing. Yeah. I mean, it it has penetrated every area, you know, of uh, work and uh, you know needs and AI in our world. <laughs> yeah. has. So
0: um, the Raspberry Pi Foundation, again, saying they're going to fix this. In 2022, the foundation announced that it had increased production by 50%. Uh, The foundation also partnered with a number of distributors to ensure that it's more widely available. And the Raspberry Pi boss, Eben Upton, says the micromanufacturer ovens will crank out a million units in July after years of supply issue restraining sales. So Mm -hmm. those ovens are working overtime there. Upton said the fruit shipped 800,000 units in Q1 Fruiterer. I like that yeah, is that fruit-er-er. there yeah. Fruiterer, yeah <laughs> and in, in 20 in Q1 of 2023 it's worst results what? since 2015 mm-hmm. and a number that buyers usually acquire in just a single month so while it's good news we get a million right that are pumping out they were selling so many and there's so many people are buying that we're still pretty far behind. Yeah. Um but he's seeing a rapid recovery in silicon supply recovery, he attributed Sony's willingness to stockpile the non-silicon elements required to build out the single board computer so much like what you were saying, Michael. It looks like Sony is stepping up and yeah. I guess they could create movies and these chips as well, which is good. Um, I think it's
2: really good that they're that yeah. they're doing these sort of things. Um I mean, you were saying the movies and chips, yeah. But I think it's great that they're doing this because the effort involved in creating these is a lot of complexity with different manufacturers and vendors. And the effort they're putting in is just really nice because it, they said that, that it requires them to stockpile stuff in order to make it work. And there's been a lot over the course of the past couple of years, but there's been a lot of companies who are hesitant to actually do any stockpiling because they feel like they're going to waste their money. And this is what's really kind of created the supply chain issues because there's so many companies who are trying to like hedge their bets. And because of that, they're creating this issue that they wouldn't have necessarily even had if they weren't trying to not necessarily Sony, I just mean in general, like the manufacturer companies in general.
0: Sorry, Michael. I'm sure what you said was amazing, but I was on RPI locator.com seeing if any of the stock had refreshed. And uh, the answer is, (laughs) not for the US. So, um darn, we're still waiting.
2: Well, it, well it's not July yet, so we'll probably still have to wait until the end of July.
0: Oh, months are confusing. I never know what month I'm in. The so <laughs> the other thing that's amazing with the Raspberry Pi Foundation is this. What could you do in a market in which people are willing to pay double triple the price? Well, you could raise prices across the board and people would pay them from from you. Like, why Don't you get that extra profit that all the scalpers are getting? That's Mm -hmm. what the GPU market did. They're like, hey, people are willing to pay $1,200 for this video card that we originally were going to sell for $600. Let's make our next cards $1,200 because people clearly have that much money to spend on a GPU. But the Raspberry Pi Foundation has promised that they plan to keep the prices the same across the board, which tells you how committed they are and that's one of the other reasons why it's hard to look for alternatives. Yeah. Because I love so much about what the Raspberry Pi Foundation is. Now I could hear in my head immediately, like someone commenting, like they found something the Raspberry Pi Foundation did they didn't like one time. And this is there's just no yeah. perfect business, right? Um, but a lot of the stuff they do is really, really good. And things like this make me have a lot of faith in that foundation and the company and what their true mission is because. I mean, they could easily crank the prices double and still sell a bajillion of these. Yeah. Oh, I mean, easily, even the price
2: double the price itself is not that drastic. Like it, yeah. they could have just they could even in- increase it like twenty, thirty percent and still make an extra market up and that but that they're not doing that. They're not even it's not even a possibility that they're even considering it, which is why the Raspberry Pi Foundation is so important that they're cre- they created this and, and stuck to it because when they first originally created the, the, the first Raspberry Pi, it was $35. Exactly. And now you can still get a Raspberry Pi for $35. Yeah. Even though it's been improved many, many times. And you can still, like the, the, the guarantee that they made, it's still being held up. Which is, you know, in the tech industry,
0: rare. <laughs> yeah. And as Nico says, you know, the Raspberry Pi Foundation is a charity and not a profit-driven company. So they're able to make decisions like that. Because if it was a profit-driven company... Everyone would just be like, if they raise the prices, that's just smart business, capitalism, (laughs) yes. They would be mad at them for not raising the prices and dealing with Especially stockholders. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and and another point to make is that actually people are willing to pay MSRP for hardware, even though the Raspberry Pi hardware is now older, to remain in the incredible robust and the very well-established Raspberry Pi ecosystem. Mm-hmm. so and i think we're gonna get a raspberry pi 5 soon because of this you know i just yeah. i know it's it's coming because they've got to compete with the other competitors sure um, that have taken this some has of put the
0: them behind in so many ways yeah. we probably would have already yeah. had a raspberry pi 5
1: <laughs> yeah had this
0: exactly. it by now. Yeah,
1: exactly. It probably I have because there was there was speculation when I bought this Raspberry Pi 400 that the fives were coming. So, right.
2: you know, that was a thing. I mean, they thought that people were expecting the four to come out later than when it did. Yeah. And then so they, when that happened, they were expecting, OK, well, now we're going to get the five and the six even faster, too, probably. But at this point, because of the the supply chain issues, they've been behind so much. And I think that they're going to probably do this. But I think it's going to be a gradual setting instead of the way that the Raspberry Pi 4 was released. It was just kind of like out of nowhere and no one expecting it. Yeah. Like there was, They were six months ahead of time when people <laughs> were expecting to actually do it. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to do is they're going to make all of the Raspberry Pi 4s that they're out, you know, out of stock for and then do this. And then once they're out of that stock, announce the 5 and have a bunch of 5s available too. So I think that Mm -hmm. this July thing, they're going to have a ton of stuff being done for the four and then maybe some for the five. And then once they get all of that out, they're going to release it. So instead of having a supply (laughs) chain issue with the five, they're going to use this time to build up a stockpile for it. Yeah.
0: You know what country I love is India. And all of our listeners in India, you have Raspberry Pi 4 Model B 8 gigabyte versions in stock. So, mm-hmm. if you want to send some our way, <laughs> yeah. just letting you know you can. You can't there. Just FYI. So, that's You're it. I'm I mean, on the Raspberry Pi locator. Shut up, Michael. I'm busy <laughs> trying to find a Raspberry Pi 4 8 gigabyte version here. I need about three, four, five of them. Uh, this is just, I, I think it's important that we covered this because yeah. number one, I don't know everyone really took the time, because I know when I was doing this, you know, of appreciating how much Raspberry Pi has spread the love and word of open source and Linux out there. Number two, all the impact that it's having. And three, how awesome the foundation is and the fact of how they're kind of treating business and trying to get this back on track. So hopefully they're able to get there.
1: And Ryan, getting back earlier about schools, is that Fortunately, a lot of the schools, I know my local school districts, they bought thousands of pies when they were yeah. available. So, a lot of the, the classes are still being taught with pies. So, fortunately, they thought ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: so. yeah. until they start burning out and things, but hopefully yeah. the supply chain will be there uh, eventually. Now, this brings an interesting question. Pie or cake? Now, for me, <laughs> a pie is clearly superior to a cake. Michael? Well... The real question is pie or cupcake, Ryan?
1: Yeah. I was going to say cupcake. Oh, <laughs> man.
0: I would go with pie more than I would cupcake. go with pie as well. I mean, pie's delicious. It's got fruit fillings or other fillings
2: inside of it. You get... And it's also a different kind. Like, the different kind of pie has a completely different texture than the yeah. other kinds of pie. You know, like, there's so yeah. many... Like, with a cake, it's Varieties always the same, really. You know, it's the same. No, Nico just threw
0: went in there and said donut like yeah. nico are you even <laughs> listening or are you on rpi locator nico's one of our patrons by the way joining us yeah. live here yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so
2: donut is not a part of this equation however if i had to choose probably donuts
1: yeah donut is, is probably my. depends favorite. on where the donuts <laughs> from
2: <laughs> that's true that's true there are different types of like different companies have different quality donuts and you can have like a <laughs> We should do, like, a comparison on the next episode of, like, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts versus Kris- Krispy Kreme
0: or something. Okay. There you go.
1: We can all agree that raspberry pies to eat are delicious. So- yes. <laughs>
0: raspberry pies to eat, if yeah. you can find them. Yeah. If you can find if them. You can find them. <laughs> so... This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Speaking of Bitwarden, it's one of the first things I install on every device that I have. And as soon as I get my Raspberry Pi for eight gigabyte and install Raspbian on it, I'm going to put Bitwarden on there because it works everywhere. A password manager or software allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. So I want you to go to bitwarden.com T-U-X. That's slash tux right now so you can get started. It provides you tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames for you, and even automatically fill them in on the login form so you don't have to. You You can access your data across all kinds of devices, web browser, mobile apps, desktop applications, even the command line. So if you have a headless Raspberry Pi or a headless server, you can still use Bitwarden there. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your device so you know you're the only person with access to your data. So go to bitwarden.com tux, but consider signing up for the premium account because it's $10 a year. You are gonna get a gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, priority customer support, for less than a dollar per month. How could you not? Go to bitwarden.com slash T-U-X to get started. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of destination linux in the news this week we're gonna be talking about the latest release of firefox
2: which is firefox 114 and as ryan mentioned in the intro of the show i am super excited for this incredibly featureful i'm okay that's that's a, that's a joke i don't
0: it, feel it i'm not feeling <laughs> the excitement michael i feel like you're making a joke out of this and Aww. 114 i is literally inc- just said
2: it was a joke yeah oh.
0: Oh. it's inc- it's incredible michael It's incredible
2: because there's like some changes that were incremental and improvements and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying 1.14 is not exciting. I'm saying, okay, this is... I don't think Firefox has been exciting for many releases. (gasps) i use firefox it is my main default browser i love firefox there's so many features and reasons i love firefox i've made videos about why i love firefox and the cool features that it can do that other browsers can't do like the the awesome bookmark search feature that people aren't most people aren't even aware it has and i made a video about that And and firefox container tabs are amazing there's so many cool things that firefox has but for the past like ten releases, I don't know of anything to that's all that notable in terms of like oh there's a new release. Let's talk about this particular release. They've done some cool things. They've done some improvements here and there and like some backend stuff. And they've made bookmarks more searchable in the bookmark yeah. menu, and that's kind of nice. But I use the sidebar for my bookmarks because it's more efficient and it already kind of has the searching anyway. Yeah. And then there's also the the new UI for the DNS over HTTPS stuff. That's, yes n- that's, that's nice good but it's not like oh yeah we got a new release yes you know, well, what like, do hey, you nice. want you
0: know? what do you want from them michael what i want them Firefox... to include
2: container tabs by default and stop making it a, a, a separate uh add-on all like, right well, that's first a good of one that mm-hmm. they, they should one. do that yeah i also want them to enhance some of the features they are they haven't updated in years like for example the bookmark search hasn't really been touched in years and yeah. they could just there's certain things that they could easily integrate with the container tabs. If they did that because the container tabs and the bookmarks are not connected and they should be connected. That would make the container tabs even more amazing. I mean, there's, there's plenty of things they could do.
0: You know, I, I have to agree with you. And and so everybody hears this a second time. We've probably been one of the biggest supporters of Firefox and telling people to use Firefox forever, but we have to call a exactly. spade a spade. And here, you have a situation in which browsers are doing really exciting things that are keeping up with where people's attention is going for instance mm-hmm. you have bing including chat gpt by default right you have google with google bard you have vivaldi who's then gone in and said hey we don't have the money to make that kind of resource but we're going to make chat gpt available within our vivaldi browser and we're going to circumvent the microsoft kind of pieces of it so you don't have to sign in with microsoft account or other stuff and make those things kind of available so you have these browsers who are doing cool things even ones that don't have the budget to go create a bard or a chat gpt and then you have firefox who's already fighting for its life in so many ways and it's kind of like hey we updated a UI and the DNS saying your bookmarks are searchable now. Huh? Isn't that cool? Like we've made it possible to reorder
2: your <laughs> extensions list in the extensions panel, which no one asked for who cares.
0: Oh, here's another big one. Pocket <laughs> recommendation content can now be seen in France, Italy, and Spain. Finally, <laughs> Wonderful. I know our fans over there are going to explode with excitement because nothing is greater than pocket recommendations. You know? I just open my browser and wait for them. Like, please send me something. Please, pocket. pocket, give me recommendations.
1: Well, I think one of the major things that they improved in this version is Web Transport for, uh, you know, for doing a game streaming and uh, live streaming. And right now, in fact, we are using a service that we have to use Chrome with because WebRTC just works better <laughs> with Chrome or Chrome-based mm-hmm. val- browsers like Vivaldi. And Firefox has really started to step it up with the WebRTC because they, they see that everyone has been complaining about
0: Well, that. yeah, they're, not just this service, but there are dozens of Jitsy. services in which require, will say, hey, this is better on Chrome. Or yeah. they, w- they yeah. will stop you from even using Firefox at this point.
2: The exactly. so Firefox is...
0: This is a, this is not about like, you know, Nico in our chat, for instance, said I'm making a joke about you kids these days need all these fancy things in your browsers uh, and they just need a regular plain browser. There's a lot of people in the Linux community that, that could say that we're trying to talk about a company existing, you know, so the, the few of us are not going to keep Firefox alive. It, it's right. it, at some point. Can Firefox compete with the other browsers out there on the market? And if it can't, then the company itself will just go away. Now it's an open source project. So somebody could fork it and they already have and create different versions and things. But the Firefox that we know and love that was such a competitor to Chrome and other things may not exist if they can't create things. And we've talked about in prior episodes, ideas of them selling VPNs and other stuff. The problem is nothing they produce is competitive. So I can go get Mulvad. For the same price that I can get Firefox's VPN, they're essentially the same. A little bit yeah. different servers, but essentially the mm-hmm. same thing. Why wouldn't I just go to MoVAD? It's the same price. There's and no there was discount. a period of time
2: where Linux users couldn't even use Mozilla's VPN. Yeah, even then though they, they released it.
0: Mo- <laughs> <Sure. Yeah. laughs> it. It's like every decision they make. Um, now I, I agree, Jill. The WebRTC stuff super important. This yeah. is a good decision. The backend architecture stuff is always boring, but some of it is very necessary. I mean, it's good that they're doing that sort
2: of stuff. It's just like that they're not doing that in any level of pace that is important. Like the whole web transport and WebRTC and the WebSockets and stuff like that, the work they're doing on it it is very important and I'm glad that they're doing it. But they should have also been doing it years ago when everybody else was starting and developing it and they're just behind so much, right? So it's great, but like you were saying, like there are applications that we have to use Chromium or Chrome-based stuff because of the support where they don't even allow Firefox to function with it. Mm-hmm. Like for example, we're using a new service to do this episode. That's why it's gonna look a little bit different than in previous episodes. But we're also previously, we're using Chromium based stuff anyway through Electron apps and stuff like that. So we actually, yeah, the entirety of, for the past you know year or so has at least been Chromium based with Electron apps and super special custom things but all still based on Chromium because Firefox just can't do what it, what we need it to do.
1: Yeah. And it's a yeah. shame because all of us here use Firefox to do our show notes. I, I use it is yeah. my main browser, but I can't use it to go on Jitsi to, you know, <laughs> go on video Ninja and,
0: and by the way, some Zen of this caster. stuff works. <laughs> it just doesn't work as, as well, well as what Jill said. Yeah, some of it some works. Was, was, yeah. Some it of it doesn't improved. work, but
2: a lot of it does work still. But like the fact that, you in some services, they don't even allow you to even try Yeah, is a clear sign of why we need to do it. And it also is a very, it's a shame. Uh, the reason I'm annoyed by this is because Firefox is such a fantastic browser overall. I and know. it's such, it has so many cool features like the container tabs and like the, the in my opinion, the best bookmark system yeah. of any browser. Like There are so many cool features that it has. But it's at a state right now that it feels like we're going back to the 90s where it's like best viewed in Internet Explorer version, blah, 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 blah. blah. And now we're having that same thing happen with Chrome. And it's just like, can we not? Like yeah. maybe we could have a web that's actually open. And I know Mozilla is trying to make an open web and, and then trying to fight for it. But the best way to fight for it is to make support
0: for the things that people want. Yeah. And do the features other people did. That container tabs we keep talking about, but... That was a feature nobody else has it's an incredible feature every privacy awesome. enthusiast and out there would love this and, and you don't make that default yeah which and is one of the not... features that make you stand out from all the competition out there exactly There's, vivaldi doesn't have it nobody else has it but firefox one of the greatest features out there and you're talking about a company that developed rust mm-hmm. like yeah. this yeah. is a company that has talent in the company that is unbelievable. And I feel like I just get this feeling, this is just my opinion, that that talent is severely held back by bad leadership because you can't have people that talented that can develop that cool of things doing these kind of releases.
2: Yeah, developing an entire language that is now becoming adopted by so many things and becoming like the hype machine that it is. And this is a programming language, getting hype. That in itself is an impressive feat to create hype over a language to make other software, you know? So the fact that they're able to do that shows the quality of developers that they have. Why can't Firefox, you know, do that? And also just simplicity of having the container tabs built in. Like that is in itself, you would blow people's minds if they could click on the right-click the new tab and see, oh, all these different like container options. And as soon as they would see those, that would be a game changer for people wanting to use firefox because i've had conversations with people where they would say why do we use firefox instead of chrome like you know you could do everything in chrome and blah blah blah. and then i tell them about container tabs and they get excited about it and then i have to explain that okay you have to install this extension first and then you get this other extension to connect this other piece with the facebook stuff then you gotta do this other stuff and you know all these different pieces to just have the functionality that they could just build in because they made
0: them in the first place so, Firefox 114. Do we recommend people download it? Of
1: Absolutely. Course. Yes. Do we recommend
0: Absolutely. you use Firefox? Of course. Yes. yes. Do we want Firefox the- to let itself free and yes. start Absolutely. creating amazing things? Please. Yeah. That's our plea to you. Like let the developers loose because they know what they're doing. They created things like container tabs, created entire programming language for God's sakes. Like let them let them go, leaders. Let them just create and you step out of the way. That, yeah. That's what I think. And not to, to mention,
1: happen. you know, we have, have Rust now in the Linux kernel. So, so much advancement is there for them to take advantage of.
2: Right. <laughs> there you go. I mean, there's there's so much potential. And that's yeah. what we, what's the really the thing behind it. We love Firefox and we want people to use it because we do think that it is it's a worthy browser, especially with the cool innovative features like container tabs. But we also want Mozilla to see how much potential firefox has and that you're not giving the opportunity for the developers to actually fulfill that potential Mm -hmm. and that's that's the reason why we're annoyed not because we don't like firefox it's because we like it so much and we could see where it could it could easily surpass chrome it could be Unquestionably, the best browser and because it, once it has. Was.
1: It once was. Yes, yeah.
2: and I it was at some point. Bad. Yes. Yeah. But the fact that it has that much potential and it has the yeah. innovative ideas that you don't really see in other browsers, it's just it's a shame, and that's why we wanted to bring it up on the show because it's something that could easily be a dominant
0: force, and it should be. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jill. Let's do something happy. Take us into Yay! the gaming section. Tell us. <laughs> What's going on in the gaming world?
1: So our game this week comes from our Discord gaming section where one of our listeners is discussing how much they love Homeworld Remastered. Nice. Homeworld remastered is gold rated on Proton DB, so no official Linux version, but still very, very playable on Linux <laughs> with Proton. So the game describes itself like this: experience the epic space. Strategy games that redefined the RTS genre. Control your fleet and build an armada across more than thirty single-player missions. And you can uh, do a unit type with unit types. You can do fleet formations and flight tactics for each strategic situation. The game. Ooh, we actually... could set up the whole. What is it
0: called? The Riker formation. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. We could Riker
0: formation <laughs> in Star Trek. We could do yes. I have
1: Thought about that in a long time, Ryan. That would yeah. be awesome. And you know, this, you could also do the
2: Picard maneuver as the well. Yes.
1: There you go. So the game has over nine thousand very positive reviews, and it's received an eighty-six score from Metacritic, which is amazing. And I actually played the original homeworld back in nineteen ninety nine so so it was really nice to remaster it's good
0: it. enough to be remastered, so that yeah. tells you all you need yes. to know right that there it, you know,
1: and you know yeah. it's been lovingly updated by the original creators, which is also cool. Oh,
2: what we yeah. should do is take an old episode of d l
0: and remaster it, make a new version. Oh, I love that, <sighs> yeah that would be a good idea and we cut michael out and we put that's, zeb in that's his place. that's the opposite of remastering yeah. you know jill we put zeb in michael's place and we remaster all Ooh. the episodes we've done yeah <laughs> yes I am. Jill, jill you shouldn't be in in
2: favor of that
1: i'm sorry michael i love wow. you. i love you i'm sorry wow. i'm sorry but it would be nice to have someone actually i feel like there's older, a mutiny
0: going on on the, sh- you know, on the um, show <laughs> Man, did you just do shots fired at Zeb? Because Zeb's only thirty-four. No. So I, I don't know why you would say that, Jill. No, so i lo- rude. I
1: love Michael. It, it would okay. be the same without him.
0: He's all right. <laughs> we'll keep him around, I guess. He's all right. yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. So I guess we're not gonna remaster it because what I think of remastering is completely different from what yeah. Ryan thinks of remastering. So we'll we'll just Absolutely. we'll just continue on as is. Okay.
0: Well this this game's only thirty-four ninety nine on Steam, but the remastered DL will be I don't know, $68, $68 to get the remastered destination. That seems like a good episode.
2: deal. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Or we might have to do it because of the supply chain issues and make it 87
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. People will scalp it. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: Great. another thing about Homeworld Remastered is that visually stunning and cinematic. With an epic soundtrack that immerses you in the gameplay. And it did that even with the original from 1999. I was blown away by that. And now it's just gotten even better. And you can run it in 4K. And it looks beautiful in 4K.
0: (laughs) The problem is I love space games. And I love the strategy games. And I used to play them. Yeah. But now with kids, I have no time have to sit time. down and, like, build formations and ships. Maybe as my kids get older and they don't want to be around dad anymore, like, then I could go back yeah. and to play some that of like these. most people in your life. Yeah, like yeah. but right now it's, like, impossible <laughs> to set time aside. I want to play these games because I love Space Adventure so much. So, much. so this fun. this looks really cool. And some of the things you could see in our gaming topic on the Discord, people discussing the games they love and what they're playing that week. So go check it out. Our software spotlight this week is Google Web Designer. Mm -hmm. Ew. Um, (laughs) Those who want a GUI-based web designer where the open source options we've covered in the past may not be hitting the mark could look at Google Web Designer. However, the reason why I brought this up is I saw an article saying, hey, Linux people, check out Google Web Designer. And this is a really cool GUI option for you. It's not open source. GUI option out there for you to check out. The problem is... It's terrible. It's like really bad, Michael. Like really, and I'm not even a web person. You know, you design the websites and stuff, but the whole template system and everything. So it was kind of sold to Linux people in this article is like, hey, go create GUI websites with this thing. But it's just for creating ads, like just ads. So we're spotlighting it, but I'm unspotlighting it by saying, (laughs)
2: Ew. It's very interesting. It's the unspotlight you, this week. It's very interesting that you would spotlight something that you hate.
0: Yes. And <laughs> I mean, you, listen, you put a spotlight on a criminal when you're asking them questions, right? You know, you get that light on, it heats up, they start sweating.
2: <laughs> Are you calling the Google web designer? A, a criminal? criminal.
0: It's criminal. It's criminal crap. Now, you can go in there at the very bottom and create, like, a web page template, and it looks like it has some motion capabilities and yeah. things like that. And the whole time, I'm like, why? Why would I want this thing however if you're in an industry in which google web designer for whatever reason is the standard i do want people to know and this is the spotlight part that it is available on linux so you Mm -hmm. can use it if your company or whatever requires you to utilize it although i'd have no clue possibly why they would
1: well maybe so instead of as an alternative to adobe dreamweaver which yeah i mean that's essentially what it is
0: that's that's essentially Except what it is. Dreamweaver was amazing. I used to use that and this is like it focuses every template like you scroll and scroll and scroll is ads how to create an ad how to implement an ad how to have motion it's graphics in product. your ad. I mean good point. Yeah. So enough said
1: and Dreamweaver has majorly changed their whole interface. So it's different. Yeah. Now. I love
0: Dreamweaver back in the day. Yeah,
1: Same here. I I had taught it <laughs> even for a couple semesters.
0: Yeah. So for those who don't know, I used to be
2: a full-time website designer and developer, and Mm -hmm. I have used Google Web Designer in the past, and I've used Dreamweaver, and also FrontPage and all these other things, (laughs) and I don't like any of them. Yeah. (laughs) But the Google Web Designer has some value here and there, depending on what you're trying to do. So you could use it for making ads, for example, if you wanted to do that. I mean, I'm sure that you've not heard that it could do that, but it can. You could make ads with Google Web Designer if you wanted to. But you can also do other things. I haven't used it in a couple of years, but the, when I did use it, it was impressive for what I was using it for. And it's just kind of an easy way to create mock-ups in some ways. It's an easy way to get things that you're out of your head into like actual like fruition that you still need to go in and like create the code and build it. So yeah. in my opinion... Using these tools, whether it's Google Web Designer, whether it's Dreamweaver, it doesn't matter, they're still going to only output HTML and you still need a server or something that's more complex than these things can do. So that's why I've never really liked them anyway because I got to do other stuff regardless. But it is kind of a cool way to help you visualize something quickly. So it could be a good spotlight in terms of visualization of what you have in your mind and easily build out. And then after that, you know, do it some other way.
1: Yeah. yeah. You always <laughs> got to go back into the code and adjust things. That's just, the, no program is perfect <laughs> that way. There's
0: None well, of these y- programs can do Jill, anything. you, in you the, are talking valuable. to <laughs> the <laughs> website designer, Michael, when he talks about, like, Michael downplays how good he is at websites. He was the lead Angel Fire website developer. <laughs> I out was there. about he, to say, like, what, had,
2: what, <laughs> how is this a compliment? Michael's and amazing. then you bring in Angel Fire Like, of course, never mind. I get it. <laughs> I was like, "There's this he, seems wrong that you're complimenting Rainbow. He's right created
0: now. ten Angel Fire sites that would blow <laughs> your mind with flames around and the tag
2: cities for yeah, sure. Tag cities,
0: the greatest web designer <laughs> ever. No,
2: yeah, uh, Java amazing. applets involved too. Yeah. Hey, just yeah. go look so, at
1: techdoodle and you'll see the work of Michael.
2: actually. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, is I did make that
0: too. Very talented. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is, these this has some value in terms of mockups and visualiz- visualization of what you have in your head. But beyond that, it's kind of like they're very limited, but it's also because it's not even, it's just because the concept is limited because you need like a WordPress system or you need, yeah. um, you know, something that is going to be the backend and these, HTML, when you, when you output HTML, that's just the front end stuff. You still need the backend stuff to deploy it. So, you know, yeah. that's why I don't really like these things. Not because they're not valuable to some people. They're just not valuable to me because they're, they're only part of the piece in order to make the rest.
0: Wizzy wigs are amazing. who do know what you're talking about.
2: Well, this is kind of a wizzy wig, yeah. but if you ha- there's other kinds of wigs, wigs that have back in <laughs> components too, oh. and that's why I like those better.
0: Can we get one of the under construction icons you yeah, brought up like on our tuxdigital.com <laughs> website? You know the ones that were on every page, like then, like people would keep coming back in anticipation, like oh, it's still under construction. Let me refresh ten minutes later.
2: Like How about you- I just make a page at TuxDigital.com slash under construction? Yeah. And that way we could always have that there. And anytime <laughs> someone wants to see it, there you they go. could go there. You know what would be and a
0: fun is- project for our community? <laughs> if you could send us the code in the pictures, Michael will put this on our site. We will have an alternate version of TuxDigital.com in Angel Fire style. And so you'll go to TuxDigital.com slash Angel Fire. <laughs> if you all create it, we will post it. And you know we'll have the angel fire icons, the under construction, the yeah Ryan, music playing.
2: Absolute, yes. terrible idea, and I am completely on board. Yes, we wonderful. We, we need to do this. If anybody submits this thing, I I, I want to do this. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't. But I want to. But we will. We,
1: we need an ActiveX animation and a banner that, that that shows how many people have visited the site.
0: Yes,
2: you need <laughs> yes, hit counter. a hit counter. A hit that counter. You can just
0: refresh yourself and keep getting more hits to make yes, it look like. Yes, we hit
2: counter. Also, make sure that you can implement some blinking text. We need that, too. Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. And tables. <laughs> All right. So besides uh, Angel Fire, Michael, what else do you have in the tips and tricks? <laughs> that was a tip now okay yeah, yeah. so
2: while we can't get our hands on the raspberry pi it seems there is some other options you know there's a lot of competition that is possible because they're not able to get the raspberry pi so here are some alternatives we talked about like you know this is the time where we're going to give you the alternatives like we mentioned so there's the libra computer board or libre computer board uh, it's the same form factor as the pi 3 model b for reuse with existing cases and power supplies which that's a good idea Uh, Identically designed 40-pin header enables hardware reuse by maintaining same pins for functions like the SPI, uh, PWM, UART, and more. It also has powerful GPIO wiring tool. Uh, LibraTech wiring tool is what it's called. And this is available on GitHub that can quickly toggle GPIOs and dynamically control DT overlays for faster design testing and all that sort of stuff. There's also the Odroid N2+. which is pricier, but can also run Home Assistant easier because it's more powerful. Comes with four gigabytes of memory quad-core ARM Cortex-A73 CPU cluster and a dual-core uh, Cortex-A53 cluster with the new generation Mali-G52 GPUs. The Orange Pi 5 is another alternative we're going to talk about. And this one's kind of expensive. It's $106, but it features eight gigabytes of RAM, Rock Chip RK3588S, eight core 64-bit single board computer up to 2.4 gigahertz and support for 8k video codecs so that is show you like how much this thing can do as an i'm em- interested in the
0: orange pie i'm very yeah. interested in the orange pie the 106 dollars like i wish they could get this down to that's I don't hard know to why, eat but for sure 85 bucks 75 bucks somewhere around there but um, I still probably will pick one up. I'm very interested, but I don't think it has the same GPIO support and things like that. But just for right. hardcore running, because Ubuntu, Debian, Android 12 all support this device. So just for running some different distros, maybe media server and stuff could be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm very tempted if I get this one as well. And I also like the fact that because Raspberry Pi created this like trend, most of these things are. Named with something that's edible, so you have the orange pie, yeah, you have the banana the pie, banana pie. <laughs> You have the you know, the o droid doesn't really count in that. Too, no one's but
0: created a chocolate pie yet, you know?
2: Chocolate, pie's know. Love chocolate, chocolate pie is delicious, everybody loves chocolate, why like exactly? Where is where is the a pumpkin pie as well? I'm oh, I'm I love pumpkin pie, yes, and there's oh, cute animal hungry.
1: boards too, the panda pies, <laughs> panda <laughs> boards, <a Yep>. SBCs, <laughs> and in a, a way, the raspberry 64. pie kind of created
2: this whole industry. Yeah,
0: Yeah. but Jill, you're not supposed to eat pandas, just heads up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Those are not delicious. (laughs) They're adorable, not delicious. (laughs) Well, a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. You can come join us on Discord at tuxdigital.com slash discord. And if you want to watch the show live, you can become a patron of Destination Linux.
2: Yeah, and watching the show live is just one of the awesome perks you get when you become a patron. You also get access to the unedited versions of the show. Those, for, for those who aren't able to watch it live, you can still watch the full entirety awesomeness that is this show, you know, because we have to edit it for time, not because of content of messing up or anything. It's just editing it for no, time. No, we never
0: mess up. We're perfect. Exactly. And
2: yeah. for those who do watch it live, you can also join us in the patron-only post show, which happens every week mm-hmm. after the show, immediately right after. And you can do that by going to tuxdigital.com slash membership and becoming a patron. You can also go to tuxdigital.com slash store and get a ton of cool swag. We have hats, hoodies, t shirts, mugs, coasters, stickers, and so much more. So go to tuxdigital.com
0: slash store. Michael, how can I be as cool as Ryan and have that Linux 91 hat? You can go to tuxdigital.com slash store and get that hat.
2: You'll also be more cooler than Ryan because you'll be wearing it, not Ryan. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm on my way.
1: (laughs) We have a lot of amazing shows here on Text Digital. We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Linux Saloon, and our newest show, Fit and Fueled. And we have Hardware Addicts with video now. Oh, <laughs> so good sure call, Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we actually have Hardware Addicts with video, except for my video.
1: Uh, yes, yes, this is, is true. <laughs> it didn't record
2: properly, unfortunately. <laughs> so the first edition of Hardware Addicts with video has a giant missing component of my video. (laughs) But the next episode, we figured out we're actually doing the same software testing with this episode. So the next episode of Hard Writers will have that solved probably. Probably.
0: Probably. (laughs) Probably.
2: Maybe. But I'm excited because I think it came out fantastic. The episode was super interesting. So we'll have that linked in the description and in the show notes for those who want to check it out
0: everybody have a great week and remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination thanks everyone see you next week yay you'll be able to get a raspberry shove it in our face jill why don't you just take all your cash and show it to me why don't you take a picture of your checking account and show me your balance in there and just rub it in my face that i'm poor
1: I've ran so many distros on this little guy.
0: (laughs) I love how she just continues to. She's like, she's like, shut up, Ryan, shut up. Nobody's talking. Twister
1: OS, Debian, Ubuntu, the list goes on and on. Still
0: ignoring your comments.